Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Happy Saturday morning. Ashley Frasca here with you for the next three hours. We are on Green and Growing Together, 95.5 WSB. I welcome all of your lawn and garden calls 404-872-0750. But I want to do a little something different, too. This is probably the most tired I have ever been coming in this building. We wanted to go camping this weekend. We have a travel trailer. Wanted to go camping this weekend just to get away. You know, the monotony of every day that ends in Y is really starting to get to us at the, uh, at the Frasca household. So a lot of the campgrounds that we like up around Lake Alatoona are still closed. They keep extending the closure Um, you know, for when they're going to open. And so my husband surprised me and set up a tent in our driveway last night. So I thought that was really sweet. That was, it's the thought that counts. But oh my gosh, I didn't sleep at all last night. It got really cold. It's 51 degrees right now. I think when I went to sleep, it was probably 47, 46 last night. So it got really chilly. The air mattress kept losing air. The Great Dane was on the air mattress with me, and she weighs more than I do. So that probably accounts for a lot of the air that it lost. So I want to hear what you're doing, too. Throughout the show, I would love to take your calls and hear from you, especially those of you with kids. Things that you're doing like that, that are just so outside of the norm, but things that are different. And it's mixing it up a little bit, and it's keeping your family engaged and entertained. That would be so cool to hear what, what you're doing. And I think my neighbors probably thought we were crazy with a tent in the middle of the driveway, you know, set it up at like 7 p.m. last night. But it was fun. It, it was fun and it was something different. So give, give me a call. Let me know. 404-872-0750. We'll all get through this together. We got to do something to stay sane. So in the meantime, while I'm waiting for your calls, I've had a lot of questions lately. We had a really good call last weekend about Ivy and properly treating ivy. And there's two really main schools of thought here. You're dealing with either poison ivy, which you've got to take a lot more precautions to deal with that, versus ground ivy. And that's what I've been talking about the last few weeks. I'm I'm dealing with that that has just been let go in my yard for five years. I mean, I just blinked my eyes, and all of a sudden it, it had four, fourfold increased in the yard, climbed up trees that I hadn't noticed. So I kind of wanted to go over that with you, if that's a little helpful. Poison ivy, the best way to probably control that is glyphosate, like a Roundup product. But you do have to be very careful if it is in your yard, if it is in creeping juniper, if it's in something else. Obviously, glyphosate is non-selective. It's going to kill whatever it comes in contact with. And repeated tilling, 
cutting, mowing is eventually going to get to the poison ivy. So if you have it in your grass, it's almost kind of fortunate that you do because you're able to just mow over it repeatedly. So maybe you make a dent in it in the first couple of months of summer when you're mowing. But otherwise, it's just really, really tough. So the best control is manual removal. And I know that's hard. What I have gotten out there and done, because I'm highly allergic to it. So Walter suggested to me years ago, you take the plastic bags that are on the newspapers when you have the newspaper delivered, put those up your arm, stick your fingers, just poke holes in the end, stick your fingers through it, rubber band it up around your elbow. And then I use garden gloves on top of that and a long sleeve shirt and jeans and boots and all that. So really kind of getting at it that way. But when you're using glyphosate, if you have that option and, you know, there's not anything really around it that you're worried about killing, applying it on a warm, sunny day when the plants are actively growing. So they've really been opening up for the last month or so. A lot of the vines start with those deep red, shiny leaves, and then they become the green three-leaf cluster that we know. So glyphosate, warm, sunny day, about one hour is really all it needs to start systemically working. One hour of rain-free, you know, it's going to be dry, it's going to be warm. 2,4-D, either alone or with mixtures of other things like dicamba or triclopyr, that works too. So that is a little more selective. Things with 2,4-D in them aren't going to be wiping everything out like glyphosate does. Brush Be Gone is a good product that has triclopyr in it. Roundup, as I mentioned, with glyphosate. So then let's get to ground ivy. Ground ivy, you've got a lot more flexibility of getting in there, manual removal. Really, all you need to worry about is snakes. I would say snakes are probably going to be your biggest battle there if you're really into the ground ivy and it's just gone nuts. So again, a broadleaf herbicide to control that as well. So neither... 2,4-D or MCPP, that's another chemical. Neither one of those alone works well, but if you use something like Trimec, which is in Weed Be Gone, like a lawn killer, that has the ingredients in it that are really going to help ground ivy. And I started controlling it back about a month ago, so like late March, early April. Fall, though, is generally the best time to control ivy with conventional broadleaf herbicides. Two applications, usually a good idea, like mid-September through early November is kind of when you want to start thinking about this. The first application, just do it sometime in that time frame. A second application, you have to go back behind it, do it about two weeks after the first one. So fall is a good time to control ground ivy with a herbicide, a broadleaf herbicide. Now, I started doing it manually. That can get a little messy, but also... We had a conversation a listener and I did in a Facebook chat. It was very interesting about borax. You know, borax is like a laundry agent back in the day. It can be liquid. It can be, you know, almost sold like in a bar, a solid form. But borax, there's been a lot of research whether borax works as a broadleaf herbicide to control ground ivy and something like that. So that has been found to work. And that is a lot more natural than using something like a Roundup or something. So just something to think about, giving you some options for ivy control. I know we're at the maintenance stage of what we want to do in our landscapes right now, it being spring. So anyways, 404-872-0750. We're going to start the morning off and say hey to David and Tucker. Good morning, David. Hello. You know, you're actually being promoted on the radio station. I hope on WSB, huh? Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> well, that's I, I great. Don't think, I don't think your predecessor's program was promoted one little whit. <laughs> oh, yeah, Walter was just here for so long, and I mean, the newsletter, and he was engaged in so many other things, but we just had two totally different 
you know, presence in the building. I mean, my goodness, I feel like I live here. I'm almost here seven days a week. So, well, that's really cool. I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm glad to hear from you. What are you curious about today? Well, uh, I know people get these insects confused, but uh, I want to know how do I promote bumblebee habitat? Because I know they're having some problems uh, surviving like a lot of the other wildlife. And uh, on the other hand, something that looks like them, but is definitely not them, Carpenter bees, I know where they live because they live on my house. Yes, um, yes, they love your wood house. They sure do. Well, I wondered, uh, did they make a new um, chamber in my house every year, or do they go back to old ones, or how does that work out? So I'll start with that, and I'll give you some good news, too. Um, the carpenter bees don't make it into the heat of the summer. So they have a very short lifespan, which is kind of a relief. You know, I mean, they've, they've been driving us crazy in the spring. And that's the female that bores into your deck or your house or something like that to lay the eggs. And so then when you get dive bombed, that's usually the male trying to protect. So they're not going to be an issue too much longer. I have found that they make new holes. I, I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a totally different population, a new generation every, every spring. So they make new holes. And a lot of people swear by... Um, just putting like toothpaste or caulk or something right as they start boring the hole. But in my theory, David, I think they're just going to go start another one, don't you think? Well, that's the impression I get. I'm also under the impression that there are actually two broods here. There's a March and a June hatching, oh. something like that, because I've noticed uh, you know, two waves of those. That, that is what I've been told uh, for quite some time. I've already gone through my exciting March experience. <laughs> um, and um, I've noticed, you know, you, you kind of, there's a lull, and then all of a sudden they're back again. And like you say, by midsummer, they're pretty much gone. But uh, their, uh, their anti-architecture activities remain. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness, you're absolutely right. So carpenter bees, I actually got them confused with bumblebees myself back in the early spring when they started appearing because my blueberry bushes on the deck were, you know, really leafing out and really starting to put on flowers. And I was just assuming that it was a carpenter bee that was um, pollinating it. But Or no, I thought it was a honeybee that was pollinating it. And I think it was a carpenter bee. So I was reluctant to kill some of those guys because I thought they were doing good. They were buzzing around the deck. And as far as creating a bumblebee habitat, I really like that question. There's a great publication from the University of Georgia with all of the plants that pollinators like. And even some trees are on this list, too. It's pretty fascinating. I mean, you've got your typical salvia and lantana and things like that that hummingbirds and butterflies like as well. But like things that bloom now, you would see like citrus that attracts bees, elm. It's got a lot of trees listed, peach and pine. That's kind of crazy. That's a surprise. And also willow. So maybe go more the tree route, David. I know that's not as easy as just throwing flowers in the ground. But traditional stuff that pollinators like, anything that you know that attracts hummingbirds, and butterflies is going to work, too. I hate to, but i got to let you go. We are coming up on 618. It is time to step out and check traffic and weather. We'll be back on Green and Growing 95.5 WSB. Self-isolation never sounded so good. Listen to Atlanta's news and talk on your desktop or laptop. We're streaming live on WSBRadio.com. Welcome back to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. So happy you're with us this morning, taking your calls. And we have a lot 
in this show. 404-872-0750. So I'm glad you were alongside until 9 o'clock this morning. Self-admittedly, I am tired, so I probably need you to entertain me with the calls, too. So have those start coming in. So first, I want to give you a weather update so you know how to plan the weekend accordingly. It's going to be nice, though. Today and tomorrow, pretty much carbon copies of one another. It is going to be sunny, highs in the low 80s, and then the lows only dip down to around 60. So tonight would have been a better night for camping outside. Then last night, it was 47. It was freezing. So really not a chance for any stray thunder showers or anything until Monday. You want to be aware of that, but only a 30% chance uh, of rain in metro Atlanta. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Always want to make it easy for you and less intimidating when you're just out in the yard and you may spend a lot of time outside this weekend. It's going to be beautiful. Just thinking, okay, if we've got an hour to spend, what are some easy things that we can do to better our landscape? So number one, help the birds out. Make sure your feeders are clean and keep them full. Mine, my goodness, my birds are emptying the feeder about every five or six days, so that's a lot to keep up with. And it's time to change the hummingbird water, too. Tisk tisk. if you put it out a month ago and haven't changed it before now. You've got to do that. You make your own mixture very easy. Four parts water, one part sugar. So you've got to really change that out. I think they recommend every week, which I don't do it that often, but... It, it just needs to be changed out, and the hummingbirds will start coming more and more often. And check the bird baths, too. Do they not only use them for bathing, but for drinking, too? So after all the rains, a lot of that water may be dirty. Number two, check the gardens. Keep tomatoes on a regular watering and fertilization schedule. If you haven't already, you can plant corn and peppers, cucumbers, peas. I'd wait another week or two for okra. And spring cleaning. You've likely cleaned up and maybe even weeded the flower beds, but now you can put down mulch that's going to help you regulate the soil temperature and help but retain moisture so you're watering less and to lessen weeds as well. All right, coming up, our next call. Good morning to Brandon and Calhoun. Thanks for calling in. Thank you, thank you. Um, I was calling, basically, we have um, emerald zoysia in our yard, and this year we've noticed there's a jelly-like dark green, I want to say fungus, that is growing in certain areas, mostly the moisture areas. From what I understand, this is a fungus, but I'm not exactly sure how to get rid of The first thing that comes to my mind is a slime mold. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that is so common right now in spring when the nights get really cool, like last night did, and then really warm days. So the temperature change is just so drastic. I mean, we're talking 30 to 35 degree difference between highs and lows. So slime mold would be my first thought. And you're right. It is a fungus. And it decomposes dead stems and, like, thatch. Do you have a lot of thatch in the yard, too? In some areas, I do. Okay. Not a whole, whole lot. Okay. It may be more more prevalent there. So that's just associated with too much water and heavy dew because of that drastic temperature change. So wash it off the grass with a water hose first, Brandon, and see how far that gets you. That may be some easy control. And you may really only need to be dealing with it another couple of weeks because then once we start getting into you know, warmer highs during the day, the lows aren't going to get as low. The temperature change won't be as drastic. So right now, the water hose, I mean, I wouldn't have to, you know, necessarily recommend a fungicide to you unless it was just a repeat problem or could be something more than slime mold. But really, I mean, I think with given the the environment right now, I think that's probably most likely. Thank you for calling in. And in the next little bit, we'll talk to DJ and Decatur, Joel and Tucker and Gloria and Marietta, and I want your calls too. 404 872 We'll be back right after this.
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Well, green and growing, we celebrate all kinds of things in the garden here. And you know what? It's the first Saturday of May. And a lot of you may or may not know that this is World Naked Gardening Day. And as tradition had it with the Lawn and Garden Show, host Walter Reeves would always bring on his friend, Ashton Ritchie. And I'm going to do the same. Welcome to Green and Growing, guys. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Ashley, too. Good to be with you folks. So this is different than the last five or six years we've done this. Ashton, you would always get to come to the studio and actually see Walter and I first thing on a Saturday morning. So we're doing this a little bit different because of COVID-19. Got you both on the phone. But nevertheless, it is so much fun to have you guys together. And Ashton, you did say this is what, year six for you celebrating this? Yeah. Six years ago, Walter introduced me to World Naked Gardening Day. And frankly, I got to tell you, this is... Uh, how, how should I say this? The second most fun thing I do with my clothes off every year. <laughs> so actually, <laughs> and, I, and I have to tell you, I am so glad that we're not in the studio because you guys always keep the temperature way too low, and I, I'm in the comfort of my own office, and I've actually got my thermostat a couple of degrees higher, so I, I cranked it up a little bit this morning. You know, I love both of you, but I'm kind of glad you're home too. <laughs> <laughs> So you said six years, Ashton, but according to everything I read online, this year, 2020, is the 16th annual celebration of this. So years one and two were acknowledged in September, and then year three, we kind of moved it to the first Saturday in May. So very cool. So, Walter, I'll start with you. What are you planning to do to celebrate today? What if I tell you something I'm not going It's going to be warm this (laughs) afternoon. I know it's going to be warm this afternoon, and I may get out and do a little... You know, on natural gardening today, but one of the things I probably won't do is prune my roses. Rose pruning <laughs> when you're naked is just not not fun, not not rewarding no. at all. Yeah, I don't know if if the rules state that you can't wear gloves, Walter. I think you you know as long as you Ooh, you know social true. distancing, just... uh, six feet away, it's kind of hard to prune them. But uh, you know, if you get close <laughs> enough, maybe. <laughs> you need to be six feet away to put roses whether you have your clothes on or not. <laughs> Let's see, what else could I, could I do today that I would uh, maybe not do otherwise? You know, this would be a great day to get up and uh, repair the pump in my pond. I don't have to worry about wearing a bathing suit or anything. I just go out and get in the, in the water and then wash myself off afterward with the, with the garden hose. And so this is what I can do this afternoon. There you go. You know, this concerns me. I cannot unsee this. I, I, I really feel badly about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to visualize what that is, and I, now I can't wipe it out of my mind. <laughs> well, the good news is, Ashton, that my pond has a lot of duckweed and uh, other little bitty green algae weeds in it. And so when I go into the water, when I come back out again, you can't see anything anyway. <laughs> You'll be camouflaged. <laughs> I'm covered in green. So something else I'll remind you guys to do as well, because it is, it's going to be around 81 degrees today, the high in Metro Atlanta. Put sunblock on. Oh, good idea. Mm -hmm. And in those uh, places that haven't had a lot of sunblock on them in the last year, that'd be a good, good idea for those who are who are celebrating today. Put the sunblock on everywhere. And uh, you might you might have a floppy hat to go along with your uh, your um, mask for your virus protection. (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, the the uh, outfitting of World Naked Gardening Day looks a little bit different this year with a mask, doesn't it? I didn't think about that. Well, Ashton, what about you? What are your plans? Well, I tell you what, uh, the vegetable garden is doing very well this spring. Uh, it's love this weather, especially the cool season. The lettuces we got like four kinds of lettuce and kale and spinach, and um, and the cool season has really helped them. Um, the green beans are just starting to flower. I've got some Yukon gold potatoes that are growing in some, some gross sacks that now, are when looking did you, good. When did you start those? Um, I'm going to say around March 25th, something like that. Okay. so when... And they sat there for a long time before they really started to come out. Because I, I buried them kind of deep, deeper mm-hmm. than usual because they're in these... Uh, these grow bags I got. And I, and I did it by FaceTime with my grandkids. And I Uh-oh. told them right at the beginning, I said, I've got a real problem. I can't figure out how to do these potatoes. This is how many containers I got. And I, we counted one, two, three, four, five. And I said, now uh-huh. count the potatoes. One, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six potatoes and five grow sacks. How can I do this? And the four-year-old Gabriella said, Pop, pop, that's easy. Plant two potatoes in one of the sacks. Oh. And I went, wow, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> She's so smart. Oh, so you could eat, eat one of the potatoes. You could eat one, make French fries, uh, <laughs> one potatoes, and have one in each sack. Well, you know, it's gardening with kids is great fun, and don't skip doing that uh, just because. But, you know, it's family stuff. This is this is a time for family stuff now that we are hunkered down at home. Yes. Yeah, sure. I got a wonderful email from a listener, Zoe, if she's listening, who wanted to really get out with her 16-year-old daughter and make sure she was mm-hmm. enjoying nature and taking it all in during all of this, you know, not being cooped up in the house and she did my scavenger hunt that I promoted um, a oh, couple yeah. of months back, you know, that I shared on the Weather Channel and on Channel 2. It was kind of an interactive way to get kids out in the yard. But she did that with her 16-year-old daughter. So there's never, you know, an age that it's not appropriate for just stopping and really realizing everything around you. Because our back deck is our safe haven. John and I yeah. love sitting on the back deck and now all times of day, really. You know, neither one of yeah, us is sure. doing much in the afternoon. but. I'll notice from time to time we both have our noses buried in our phone and the dog's laying on her bed out on the deck with us. And I just have to slap myself on the back of the head and go, wait a second, you're sitting outside. You're missing seeing deer walk through the yard. You're maybe missing a hawk overhead, the woodpecker coming and going from the feeder. Like there's just so many things and insects flying around that you miss if you're not paying attention. That's way cool. And I know Walter and I've talked about this so many times uh, that we really appreciate uh, what our parents taught us about gardening. Um, oh, yeah, sure. I, I know Walter had a great experience. I had a great experience. At the time, I thought it was uh, child labor. Drudgery. Uh, forced <laughs> labor, but, uh, you know, now I appreciate it so much that my parents uh, taught me what they did. You know, you sit on the back deck of your house, Ashley. But for me, my favorite thing is sitting on my front porch because I'm only about – uh, 40, 50 maybe feet from the street. And so all my neighbors who are, of course, walking a lot more these days, and I can wait to them. We can have conversations with each other, still socially distant, but we can still talk to each other, visit with each other, and we're walking a lot more. And that's one of the great things that I think the pandemic has done for us is to make, it, make us more social. 
I would agree. I would agree. And I even saw one of my neighbors, he took his riding mower out after he finished mowing his beautiful Bermuda lawn and took it right across the street and mowed the lawn of a of another house where the, the family's right. not living right now. They've been relocated, but they'll be back. But yeah, he just, you know, out of the kindness of his heart, did something nice for a neighbor. And you are, you're seeing a lot more of that lately. So that's a positive sure. spin on all that we've been going through right now, for sure. Well, Ashton, what is one of the best ways you think, like you mentioned to your four-year-old granddaughter, to get kids involved? How do you find success in doing that? Well, I think the first thing I ever planted as a kid was radish seeds. And um, because, you know, they come up so fast. Uh, Of course, I planted them too thick. And uh, but I learned from my dad uh, by pulling out and thinning them. Um, I think I think, you know, the larger seeds uh, work better. Sunflower seeds are really good with kids because it's absolutely amazing to, to take a sunflower seed that which they can actually hold in their hand and plant it and then see how big it will get as the summer uh, progresses. Uh, I mentioned the potatoes. Uh, the, the, the good thing about that is they can actually see and hold and they can actually plant them and space them. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's so much better than say some of the real tiny, tiny, tiny seeds that sometimes come, uh, that are harder to plant. Uh, mm-hmm. marigold seeds are a little yeah. easy for them to hold and they come up uh, yeah, almost foolproof. Um, so, you know, larger seeds, uh, giving them a chance to, uh, plant something and then actually eat it is pretty cool. That is, that is. Well, I am with uh, Ashton Ritchie, formerly of the Scotts Company and a friend of the Lawn and Garden Show for years. And of course, Walter Reeves, former host of the Lawn and Garden Show, joins me every Saturday at this time. And we're doing it a little bit different, celebrating World Naked Gardening Day together. And I can tell you all, I'm in the studio. I'm not alone, however. I have Justin, I have Rachel. So I'm clothed. I'm, <laughs> I'm not celebrating anything right now. But you know, actually, while we're, t- while we're talking one thing that is really puzzling to me that I haven't thought of a good answer for, and Ashton maybe can help me here, what am I going to do with my cell phone this afternoon when I'm naked gardening? Oh, well, you know what? If you have to set it down Both of you around... dumbfounded. Yeah. Well, if you have to set it down around the area that <laughs> you're guess. working, set it face down. Because if the yeah. screen gets overheated, you know, your iPhone will send you some yeah. crazy little message about your phone overheating. So sometimes I've put mine down in the That's grass good. and I'm playing music off of it while I'm in the yard. But yeah, no pockets. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. all I got to say is okay. maybe um, this is a good time to not have a cell phone oh. and just actually, uh, <laughs> you know, enjoy the garden enjoy. As, as Mother Nature intended both ways, uh, without your clothes and without your cell phone. Oh, that's a great idea. I should thank you. I just leave it in the house. People can get get a hold of me some other way, but I'll leave the phone in the house. So looking forward to 80-degree weather today. We went through our little bouts of having rain earlier in the week. So I think everything right now outside is just primed to be out there working. And, you know, I've got my garden to-do list, guys, which I try to share throughout the show, maybe four times during the show, like the top three things to do in your landscape this weekend and always try to keep it easy. But one is just beautifying everything. You know, you've done some of the hard spring labor of manual removal and cutting things back and just starting to cut the grass for the first time and all that. But now here we are in the first weekend of May and it's really go time. You know, you really start keeping a close eye on those vegetable beds and maintaining some summer annuals and, you know, perennials are starting and all that kind of thing. So this is an exciting time to be outside. Yeah, Ashley talked about what he learned from his father. And one of the things that I learned from my father and from my own personal experience, if you let weeds get ahead of you, they will always be ahead of you for the rest of the summer. But if you can get the weeds when they're young, 
and pull them out of the ground, get them out of the garden, then you'll be so much farther ahead when June, July come around. It's hard to get them out then. That is, it, that is, but that is so important, and they're easy to pull. Just like you say, the soil is moist. Yeah. Many of them haven't established much of a root system, and they haven't gone to seed yet. So, you know, when when yeah. when you know that one crabgrass plant can produce thousands of seeds over the summer, uh, and they'll just uh, be out there to grow, you you know, why not pull it pull it out before it has a chance to uh, do that? That's right. So, guys, I, since I have both of you and I love your expertise and your garden knowledge, I'm going to keep you along right now. We're going to step out and take a break and check traffic and weather, and we're going to do a little more gardening discussion coming up here. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. News, weather, traffic, the best talk shows, and local coronavirus updates around the clock. Streaming live on your PC or laptop at wsbradio.com. We're back on Green and Growing. Thank you for joining me on this Saturday morning. I want to give you a quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. It's going to be an easy one because it's sunny today and tomorrow. Carbon copies of one another. Highs in the low 80s and lows around 57 to 60 degrees. Green Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. So I've got three things that I'm going to be telling you to do throughout the show today, and I've got experts and friends Walter Reeves and Ashton Ritchie with me, and I'm going to have them weigh in as well. But guys, the things I've got on my list, help the birds out. Right now, number one, make sure the feeders are clean and encourage the birds to keep coming back and maybe change out your hummingbird water if you haven't done that and clean the bird baths. Number two, check the gardens. you got to keep tomatoes on a regular watering and fertilization schedule now. And if you haven't already, you can plant corn and peppers, cucumbers, watermelon. And number three, spring cleaning. You've likely cleaned up and maybe even weeded some of your flower beds. Now you can put down the mulch to help regulate the soil temperature and retain moisture and lessen those weeds like we talked about before. So Ashton, what would you add to the garden to-do list this weekend? Wow, that's a great list, uh, Ashley. Uh, the only thing that I always think about is, you know, we get a lot of rain like we've had this year, and folks tend to think everything looks good. Uh, I don't need to feed it. But, uh, you know, I think that there's so much to be gained by feeding your lawn now, feeding your plant material. We we spread some Osmocote around all of our landscape. We use the one that uh, feeds for a long period of time and, uh, yeah. and you know, give your lawn a, a shot of feeding and that will help everything be healthy and grow. And we could do that with fescue and Bermuda just the same? Uh, yes, feed your fescue. Yeah. This will be the last time you have to do it until fall. Okay. Uh, but for your Bermuda zoysia, feed it now and then come back about every six weeks or so through the summer. Uh, so you get about a total of maybe three feedings or so. And I learned that schedule from Walter Reeves, uh, <laughs> my uh, Georgia gardener friend, who, who gives a schedule right on his website. We are lucky to know him. So, Walter, what would you add to that? Well, I want to comment on what Ashton just said about fertilizing your lawn. But people ask, what can I fertilize my landscape plants, my shrubs, my hollies, my roses, and things like that with? What you can do is use lawn fertilizer as long as it's not a weed and feed. But just straight, whatever the fertilizer you have, as long as it's not a weed and feed, cut it in half. If it says put six pounds per thousand square feet, put three pounds per thousand square feet, that's fine landscape fertilizer, and you can use the same fertilizer for your lawn, but just cut it in half and use that for your landscape, as long as it's not a weed feed. Things I want to point out what you said, Ashley, what I said it was so important. You said you could plant your peppers, your tomatoes, your corn, and squash, things like that right now, and that is because the soil has to warm up to a certain degree of temperature before any of those seeds will germinate. And so you are right on the market. Today was a warm, great day to plant those seeds that need to be nice and warm before they sprout. 
Yeah, okra I tried from seed in the house, yeah. and that was a total failure. So, yes, now with that really warm soil temperature, you know, that's rising. Okra is going to be a little bit happier. Well, guys, we have some final thoughts here. I want you to have a chance to go out and enjoy World Naked Gardening Day. What do you have for us, Walter? Uh, get out of the way. I'm going to my backyard just a few minutes. <laughs> the sun's up good and, good and high, and then get out there and garden. I put a website up to celebrate the holiday, worldnakedgardeningday.com. <laughs> and if you're just a little too shy and you don't want to go out totally naked, tomorrow is World Pajama Gardening Day. Aww, Get up, keep the pajamas on, go outside and garden in them. Suppose you don't own pajamas. Oh, uh, you're you got trouble. Total, total, total <laughs> so, so it's be, it'd be two days of celebrating World Naked Gardening Day. I, I guess you. so. That's right. And you could do it any day, of course. Guys, it has been so much fun. Thank you. And thanks, Ashton, for being on the show, making your green and growing debut. I hope we have you back. Thank you. Loved it. All right, Walter. And I'll talk to you next Saturday with Walter Wonders. Take care. See you then, Ash. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 